You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 277, brought to you by Graphically and iFanboy listeners just like you. Fanboy Pick Week Podcast, episode 277. My name is and always will be Ron Richards, and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello, Ron. And Josh Flanagan. I could change my name. You could, but... Yeah. I could see it. So we are, from the, we are from the website ifanboy.com, which is a website all dedicated to comic books and comic book culture, and, and we've got a wonderful comic book community there that likes to read comics. We like to read comics. Every Wednesday, we go to the comic book store. We get a big stack of comics. Then one of us finds the one book that we feel was the one deeming the title pick of the week, writes a review of it over at ifanboy.com, and then we come back here to the podcast to talk about it, as well as all the other books that came out and some other various topics of interest related to the comic book minutia world. Uh, before we get to the show, we want to warn you and remind you that we're going to talk about what happens in the books. So we're going to spoil them if you haven't read them yet. So if you haven't read your comics, press pause, come back, listen to the show later on, and then it will be a lot more enriching for you. Or live dangerously and roll the dice and see what happens. And maybe you'll find out that the human torch died. So, what? What yeah. the? <laughs> so this week, uh, Josh had to pick. I did. Josh got um, that money this week. He got the Hickman money. Yeah, I got the Hickman. The, che- the check clear, eh? Yeah, sixteen dollars and eighty six cents. That's that's the going rate to buy me off this week. It's a lunch. Uh, yeah, let's. It's well, it's some places. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? You guys convinced me in oh, yeah? a way. I was in the shop and and I hadn't been buying uh, Fantastic Four. I bought the first couple of uh, issues of Hickman's Run and it, it was fine, but I, I didn't really, I didn't really feel the need to keep buying it. And um, and you guys, I mean, you, you, like, if for those of who aren't, I don't know if you've been paying attention or not, but uh, five eighty-seven was two issues ago, and and Ron picked that, and then five eighty-eight uh, was was the last regular issue, and and uh, Connor picked that, and this would be five eighty-nine if it wasn't sort of re rebranded with the FF number one again. Is this is this uh, a, it, is this a first in our fanboy history, like a three in a row? I I don't no, know. No, it's definitely it, not. Who we did who, we did. Ha- we did all, has all, so all three Batman and Robins were, were, were pick of the weeks? Definitely yeah, two of them. Definitely the, two of them. Yeah. The difference is... First time all three of us. All, exactly. Yeah. So concurrent, all three of us. That has to be the first time that that's happened. Interesting. Yes, it is. Yes. So uh, I, I saw it on the shelf, and it literally, like, it grabbed my eye. Uh, I bought the, um, the Stan Goldberg cover, which is... Uh, he's sort of a, a, a classic artist, not, not one of these new modern artists. And the, the sort of combination of the white and the yellow, like I saw it and I, I picked it up and I flipped through it and I thought, oh, what the heck? Because, you know, I had listened to the, the interview that you guys uh, did with Hickman in, in Emerald City uh, or in Seattle. And um, I call it the Emerald City. We're heading up to the Emerald City for some rock shows. Um, and I was and I was and after I read all my, I was like, I really enjoyed it. I sort of read it in the middle of everything. And after it was all done, I was like, yeah, I think I think I enjoyed that FF issue the most. Um, and it was for a, a number of things in it. Um, you know, right off, I, this Steve Epting is, uh, 
He's really one heck of an artist. And he's a guy who's in sort of a second act of his career. He's been around a long, long time. Uh, and, and, you know, a huge, huge great success on, on Captain America. And it's so good to see him just sort of doing really well on another, on another title here that it, it just fits really well with. Great, great acting throughout the whole thing. All these different characters he's got to do. And, and he, just, he just got that mood of, of you know, there's, there's the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about and, and the sadness and everything. And I, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and I thought also for having, I, I haven't read anything before this, like I was instantly up to date, uh, but not in a way that I felt like I was overly expositioned to, uh, they just really laid out what was going on completely. And I thought I think it's an interesting, uh, status quo that's happening and, and, and Spider-Man being there doesn't feel hacky and shoehorned in, uh, and it's, it's, it was just, it was a really satisfying read. I, I thought it was a great comic book. Yeah, I thought I thought they handled the the. You could pick this up if you if you haven't read any Fantastic Four and you have a vague notion of who they are. You could pick this up and and I think in the first two pages they just explain what's happening. Like somebody died, they're moving on. That's all you need to know. I love the fact that the Spider Man conversation didn't happen in the book; it happened off camera. Mm-hmm. You know, so like he just shows up and Sue's welcoming him and like it's his first day on the job. You know, like um, yeah. Um, you know, I we're you know we're gonna ignore the fact that he's also an Avenger and he's also worked for Horizon and he's like it's, it's all the, you know <laughs> that's that's accepted that's how this world works whatever yeah. I'm not gonna, yeah exactly I'm gonna make jokes about it but I don't really care yeah yeah but um yeah I thought they handled that really really well um Epting I'm not as sold on Epting as you are um uh-huh. I think I think I think some of it was a little flat um uh, for some reason that fits with me with this title I don't yeah. know why like uh, uh, it it's uh, I know what you're saying and it totally. That has has merit to it, but I thought that he's you know starting out with with the aim guys, and I was like, why are these so? Oh, because these are the same guys who were in you know Captain America. Yeah. Uh, so that was actually really cool, and I don't I know. I think he's I, perfect for the book. I really do. Yeah. I've been saying the whole time he's he has that grounded style that highlights or complements the the up in the up in the air you know crazy science writing that happens. Plus, he's very in this particular story is very foreboding and it's very very emotional style everything's sort of very dark and that works for this story everybody's kind of upset and it, it works I, I think he's great I think this book really took off when he joined the book mm-hmm. um, I enjoyed it when it was Eagle Shum and I I didn't really enjoy it when it was uh, oh yeah the Daniel. other guy was yeah that was no good but I thought for me as a book this really took off when 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 uh, Epting came on and I think in general we talk we could talk about the fact that we, we we joke that Hickman's had what like a third of the picks this this year. Yeah, but I think we haven't seen this kind of pairing of book and writer probably since Grant Morrison on Batman. I mean, someone who's just so instantly perfect for the subject matter. Yeah, and, and there's a reason why he keeps getting these picks because it is everything is working. Yep, mm-hmm. he's he's in that zone, and this this story is working. And it, and uh, it, you know it's it's important. Like I didn't come into this with I don't have a lot of emotional connection to the Fantastic Four. They're not like favorite characters or anything like that. I'm not a big fan of anything in this specifically. That was like oh it hit my spot. It was just lots of really good little things adding up to one sort of overall good book. That scene at the table where they're all sitting there. It starts off and Peter tries to sit in Johnny's seat and they're like you can't sit there. You know. Well and and that was great and, and, and we call that out in the in the panels in the weekend panels mm-hmm. on fanboy.com. But even at the later scene when you know Reed is saying you know I think we should terraform the moon and and his father who's now returned calls him out on it and I thought yeah. that was great because like you yeah. felt you yeah. felt the tension of that like that one panel of everyone looking at him after for speaking up and, and you can hear that fork drop. Yeah exactly and like, and, and 
and then reads just you know you know how refreshing you know like it was yeah. it, it was great and like even um uh oh early in the issue when in the very beginning where after Reed uh was watching Johnny's kind of farewell video and then he looks like outside the window and the kids you know taking down the four symbol putting up the future foundation symbol and just like so this is tomorrow like it, 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 yeah. it he, like he's nailed like with very few words economy of words Hickman can really get across the emotion or the sentiment of the moment and it's really really good and I think he's underrated in that he often he often gets the big idea and the big like very wordy and oh god you need a dictionary to read Hickman but he's yeah. done the economy thing really well and even like oh. when when Franklin's playing the video game and Reed's telling him how he can win you know and, he's, and Franklin's like yeah but where's the fun in that you know like it was I, I really enjoy the, those little touches so and I also I, I really everybody's like everybody wants you to take a stand on the on a uniforms one way or another yeah I like the uniforms a lot, but even more than that, I like the logo. When yeah. I sort of realized the point that like each of them has a different little white circle as opposed to black circle, I was like, "That's cool. Yeah. That, that's it's just a, a neat little idea." And in I, there. I love that oh. it's a it's a updated unstable molecules. Yeah, great. Which it's is cool. good because the dry cleaning bills alone. Yeah, exactly. We gotten away from the unstable <laughs> molecules. There was a time in the Marvel universe where everyone's costume was unstable molecules. Even the, well, the X Men were unstable molecules. It was everybody. They've so. been replaced by nanites. Yeah, yeah. So that's, the, I mean, unstable that's molecules. That's the past. makes their money is they provide all the costs. The patents, yeah, yeah, exactly. So how did you like the uh, the cliffhanger at the end? I, I don't, the only thing I didn't know about is if that referred to something else. Uh, but he called him Uncle Doom, so I thought that was interesting. Well, there's there's uh, there's been a deal between Valeria and Doom in the past. So they're okay. yeah. They need to work together for something. In, in, Wade's, in Wade's run, Valeria and Doom had a lot of interaction. So I And I liked how... I mean, I, I liked how it was set up. I liked that she's a little kid talking, and the dad's like, maybe you shouldn't, but he, he knows she's a super genius too, so he's kind of got to trust her. And, you know, I know what the, I know what Doctor Doom means to Fantastic Four. Yeah. So that's interesting. And I love the, like, actually the little diagram at the end explaining who everybody was, all the kids. That was you cool. Know, yeah. it, that helped. That helped me a lot, actually. Yeah. Uh, and, and I like the way it was done. And uh, it's just a, a sort of an overall, was like, what, what a really fun issue. And, and when it was over, like, I, I really wanted to read more. I wanted to know what was going to happen next. And and a lot happened in in a small amount of time, and, and I was just uh, it was just very impressive. And it's funny because I've seen uh, several people say this one was pretty good, but the last two were really good. And it's like it doesn't really matter, you know. Like nope. this one was good on its own. Yeah, this really was great. Thing. It was really good. I don't know if it's pick of the week, but it was really really good. Yeah, yeah. He's he's really on on fire right now, and you know. I think that's clear. Yeah. yeah. Now, interesting uh, counterpoint is I guess it's not a counterpoint, but Batman Incorporated number four. Uh, which just came out two weeks ago, I think, right? Two weeks, two yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, I feel like another... it just did. With that hack on the pencils, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm so happy. I was so happy to see so many people raving about Chris Burnham. Yeah, mm-hmm. Chris Burnham's the new artist on this book. He's, he's going to be filling in when Yannick Paquette can't do it. And in the last issue, we left off the cliffhanger where Batman and uh, it was Gaucho, right? Right, That's the character's yeah. name. We're locked mm-hmm. in a sort of death trap, and there's these drowning orphans. And in this issue, we deal with that, but we also... Uh, there's a sub. There's another storyline with Batwoman uh, f- investigating the murder of these these Marines who've been shot in Morse code and you know, the bullet holes you, you know, are Morse code, and um, it, it turns out there's a there's a connection to K- Kathy Kane who was the first original Batwoman in the Silver Age. Mm-hmm. Now uh, Morrison brings the Silver Age in full bore in this issue. Well, I, I mean, let's let's talk about a. What an incredibly bold choice this is to do in a book that's this big. And B, no, I think that nobody else, absolutely zero people, could have done this story besides Grant Morrison and gotten away with it. Yep. So we find we, you know, Batwoman and Kathy Kane are intertwined because the new Batwoman is obviously the updated to Kathy Kane. And uh, 
so in the flashbacks, we learn about Kathy Kane's life, uh, the original Kathy Kane's life mm-hmm. and her history, and it's pure Silver Age storytelling. Even the art, oh. even Burnham's art, which yeah. uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the present day stories has kind of a quietly vibe. It's very sort of d- dirty and, and a lot of lines. In the Silver Age style, it goes to like a Dick Sprang kind of influence oh. to it. How and cool. everyone's got these big chins. And, but, the, but the storytelling is that way, too. I mean, Batman meets Kathy Kane. They fall in love, even though she's 10 years older than him. And they, they're making out in the Batcave they, all the time, much they, to Robin's they go chagrin. Back to the, they go back to the tango. Yes, they explain dance. why he knew the tango. And that, when she flips her, cage, her cape up and says, this is Tango del Morte, I was like, that is the greatest looking panel. Why did it was, put that it, panel's it, I don't know, but it was... There were so many. I was cackling with delight during this issue yeah. because I knew how many people would, this would piss off because Morrison is an unabashed fan of the Silver Age and he's always said – he was one of the people that invented hypertime, which says <laughs> that uh, yeah. all comics are in continuity. Um, and so he basically puts – all the flashbacks are Silver Age style and art and characterization. So it was, it was, a, it was a trip. I mean, Kathy, Kathy Kane, the old Batwoman, carried a purse <laughs> and her costume was yellow. So, I mean, it, it doesn't fit in all the gritty, modern, realistic take on things. But, but it does now. Yes. So uh, Yeah. I, I just, Burnham I just was great in this issue, though. You know what this felt like? This, was like? this felt like strange tales, but real. Yep. I, and but, real, I mean, like, it's in continuity, it's in canon. I was like, that's bold. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, it really was. A, a Burnham, Burnham's book. a great choice to fill in. His art style really works in this book. Man, you're not kidding. No, I, I thought he really stepped up, too. Like, he... He did a great job with it. Um, Hulk gets barbecue. Uh, Hulk is just gets better and better with every issue. I'm, I mean, seriously, like I don't know what I don't know what deal with the devil Jeff Jeff Parker's made <laughs> or whatever, but like there's something about the entire everything about the Red Hulk is just like it's fantastic. Like I and I, I just don't get and Hardman it gave Hardman is killing it. Betty Brightweiser's colors are amazing. Like it's just like everything. Like I could I finished this comic and I was sad it was over. I, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they introduced a new sort of villain who's just sort of one of those classic sort of comic book villains uh, who is not at all interesting in comparison to the sort of uh, the, the sort of nouveau General Ross that, that is going after Red Hulk and, and why he can't tell him who he is. And yeah. Well, is it, like, th- I actually, I actually fi- everything too. Yeah, I actually find myself not really liking fourteen, like for for, for whatever his 40th? name is, for for Sheehan, whatever his name is. Um, like I didn't 14. like it, like uh, thirty point one uh, Hulk thirty point one. I was kind of annoyed because I liked the whole, I liked the status quo that they set up of him, you know, living with the LMDs and working for Steve Rogers. But now I realize after this issue is that like it's basically it's turnabout is fair play. Like he's now Banner and he's on the run and and yeah. you know and it's and you know what was great is like he's screaming at the you know he's. he's you know, no matter how much he screams, nobody can hear and believe him that he's actually Ross. And it just—it's kind of—it's so simple. It's almost genius, you know. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that he can't turn back to Ross now because yep. of the nanites in his brain, like the nanites. But like R- Parker set up a lot of different fingers in, going oh, in yeah. directions here that that all work really well together. Yeah. Um. The I loved the idea of the rock villains. Yeah. The, they drop these bombs on the world and on the. On the ground they turn into they sort of terraform around and create giant monsters jeff parker's on a giant monster kick by the way yeah um yes and uh, no not at all and then the last page we get this sort of cliffhanger that this giant creature is coming towards earth and the watchers are watching it and they're all concerned I mean, he's he's. I think you can tell he's having a, a great time writing this book, and, and not only having a great time, but like doing a great job on it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So you know what page I want to buy? What the one where Hulk is sitting on the back of a pickup truck, eating ribs. And, 
Yeah, but like, and the but the pickup, like, he's actually drinking like a big thing of iced tea. But like, the truck is weighed down. Yep. Like the wheels are up in the wheel wells, and like yep. you know the LMDs eating a sandwich. Like, what a great, what a great little sequence that was. That was really the whole funny. the whole yeah, barbecue thing was hysterical. It was. I great, just want yeah. some food. Yeah, I mean, I have, have I have money. I mean, Par- Parker can do Parker can do the humor really well as well as the the serious action stuff, and that's that's a nice little mix. It was you know. <laughs> Uh, Gabriel Hartman is so good uh, on another planet right now. Yeah, it's amazing. And 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 uh, there was a little different in the la- in the last issue, the point one issue, and uh, for example, Brightweiser uh, didn't do the colors, and I think you could tell the difference. Yeah, it's very subtle. I mean, the colors. Well, were he was also inked. He, he had an inker on that yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. So uh, where he inks himself on this issue. So, but yeah. yeah, it wasn't. And it wasn't. But it was like this is this team that is on this is perfect. Solid. Yeah. Totally solid. Now, now, Ron, I was at a comic store and I got my books off my pull list and I was standing in front of the shelves. And I picked up uh, Captain America and Batrock. I was basically seeing if I wanted to pick up anything I hadn't planned on it. So I picked up Captain America and Batrock, the Leaper. And, and, you, then, and you didn't regret that choice, did you? No, I didn't. It was then, awesome. It was awesome. And then I'm looking at the Green Lantern books. <laughs> yep. And I dropped the book three months ago. Right. Even though Hal Jordan's one of my favorite characters. Yep. But they're like pulsating on the shelf going, yep. pick me up, pick me up. What if I'm good? Because this is part one and part two of the Green yep. Lantern War, Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps. And I thought, well, I dropped the book. I wasn't enjoying it. But what if it's good? And what if? was it good? No. You know, it's fu- <laughs> it's funny you say that because actually for the first time in a while, I actually I did. Now, I didn't get Green Lantern Corps, but I got Green Lantern 64. And I was like, oh, that wasn't as convoluted as the previous issues. <laughs> it wasn't as confusing. <laughs> I thought it was just more of the same. And well, it definitely is more. The, it definitely is more of the same. Um, but uh, like again, it was the same. It's always the same problem that we had at Blackest Night, where there was just this long, drawn out, slow burn, and it takes forever to finally get to some action. And this issue finally got to some action, um, and that's what it was enjoyable. I gotta say though, I can't stand the entities. Yeah, I mean the thing is, I, I should amend my statement. It wasn't bad. Yeah, it certainly wasn't. Bad. It's not what I'm looking for in Green Lantern anymore. Right. Yeah. And it was. It was all the entities, and it was all of the Green Lantern. It was all the colored lanterns, and it was all of the them. Guardians and all the shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want simple. I want simple now from Green Lantern. I, yeah. I don't want. To, there was literally a million characters in this book. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. Literally, literally maybe wrong, but yeah. it was a lot of characters. And it, it, you could see well constructed. It probably was a nice payoff, but I just don't. This is not what I'm looking for in Green Lantern at the moment. So I yeah. was like, oh, well, at least. But now I know. I don't have that lingering worry that maybe War of the Lanterns is good. But yeah, I know. Well, like, for me. The, the last page when all the Guardians are corrupted by the entities and now they're, they're, now they're different. Like, I can't keep track of who's who in it. You know, like, it's like, I know who Hal is. I know who Atrocitus and Sinestro and yada, yada, all them. But, like, it was – and, of course, you know, Hal's got to go against the Guardians and the Guardians and Green Lanterns to go get – like, it's a lot of the same tropes that we've read over and over again. Yeah. Um, but that said – The only thing I really liked about it was they, re- they returned the yellow weakness to the Green Lantern ring. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. Parallax reinforced. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. Parallax reinfected the battery, so now they have the. How, if it'll if that'll last beyond the war, we don't know. But yeah, uh, for for right now, anyway, there's a yellow, the yellow impurity. That's a that's a heck of a challenge for a, a modern writer to have to deal with because it's so goofy. Yeah, you know what I mean. So well, that's awesome. There's supposedly a reason for it, but so now yeah, no. no, no, I don't mean that. I don't mean the reason for it, but it's like, well, what does yellow mean? You know, right. like uh, yeah. when I was reading New Frontier, like he went after something that was like orange. I was like, well, is that okay? It's kind of orange. It's kind of yellow, you know. And yeah, and Ron, I, and there's yellow and orange. Where does it? Where's, where's, where's the line drawn? Now, yeah, Ron, I mean. maybe maybe because I read also Green Lantern Corps, it yeah, was even more convoluted. It was a lot of. It was literally the, the cover was Kyle versus John Stewart, and in the in the issue they both get corrupted by this force that's out there. They fight each other, and at the end they stop fighting. And, they, and it was just kind of like there was no point. 
And I feel like that's been the that's been Green Lantern's problem since the end of Blackest Night. There's been no real point to right. the story. Yep. Um, Which I'm with we'll you, and I, and I hate the Guardians now. I went from liking the Guardians to hating the Guardians. So yeah, well, yeah. I think they all get they all get killed in this issue or the Green Lantern Corps issue. Something's oh well, Gantt's hand blew up. He's yeah. My hand bloody yeah. stump in the Green Lantern Corps issue, but yeah. I don't know. I just I'm I'm that's sitting this out. I'm still gonna sit this out. So now I know. I don't have to worry. I don't have the lingering doubt. That's good. But uh, I'm assuming, Ron, that you enjoyed Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine as much as I did. It, it, it really, not the, more. the only negative against this is just how long it takes for a shoot yes. issue to come out. Um, but man, when this is a trade, no, when this oh. is a trade, and the fact that you open it up and you've got and and it's and I see the word Mojo, and I just went, oh yes, and the fact that that this this was honestly the art was really good. I mean, yeah. maybe that's what's taking so long, but I thought the art was really really strong um, by Kubert and. Um, and when it ends with Dark Phoenix Wolverine, I'm sold. That's all it needs. It, it, we, we, talk, we talk a lot about how Marvel doesn't seem to have those out-of-continuity stories yep. that, that are in trade that you can buy and give to somebody. I think this is going to be one of those books. Yeah, totally. It's I, I a lo- ton of fun. It's action-packed. It's really funny. It's really sharply written. Yep. Jason Aaron shows off his action chops his he's really funny in this series yeah oh yeah he's hysterical he's actually he's writing he's writing spider-man great and yeah. uh, like when they when they went to the the pl- the planet and they found all the diamonds and wolverine's like quick put them on and so he's put them on his claws and so they come back at spider-man he's bedazzled his costumes <laughs> he's got the diamonds around his eyes and everything it was like <laughs> and the soles of his shoes um yeah. Because they were time diamonds and when you use them you you can affect time it's it's just it's wacky it's funny it's totally not Something that quote unquote matters. It's yep. just really smart, good, entertaining comics featuring Wolverine and Spider Man who play off each other really well. Yep. And I love the I, I, I love when the villain kept showing up from different time frames. Oh, that so was great. Yeah, he's like he's, so. like he's like he's wait, he's gonna cut off your oh I'm too late. It was like <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, it was this is great. It's fantastic, and I'm kinda sad that it's almost over. You know, so yeah. I'm uh, I'm actually waiting for this to come to graphically. That's what I decided. Well, <laughs> either either however you can get it, I recommend this entirely. So, yeah. yeah. Unless unless it falls on its face in the Last issue? This is yeah, one more issue left. One more issue. But I'm I'm definitely at the point where like I'm I'm kind of jealous. I didn't start at the beginning. Yeah, you, it's a bit of a. But I'll, I, will, I will read. He's an automatic buy at this point. He yeah. has to. Be. Yeah, no, he he's another guy. You know, him and Hickman or. Yeah, no, Aaron has been doing pull. great. He's been doing great, and hopefully one day it will appear on Graphically, which is the awesome digital comic service that iFanboy is a part of, the digital comics family of Graphically. Um, Graphically's got over two thousand comics that you can download and read. They've got some great app um, applications for the iPhone, for the iPad, for Android. Uh, you know, uh, there's a great Great web applications so you can read your comics on the web. Great publishers like Marvel, Archaea, Boom, Top Cow, Archie, and tons more being added every day. We know we see behind the scenes, we see what's coming down the pipe, and there are just thousands of comics waiting for you to waiting for, waiting for you online for you to read to get your uh, digital comics fix in place. Um, if you have an Android phone, it's the only place as of right now that you can get Marvel comics on the Android phone. So you can get your Spider-Man and Wolverine fix uh, someday on Android from Marvel. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of cool stuff coming from Graphically this year. So definitely join now. Become a user on graphically.com um, and you can you can sign up there to ch- check out comics on the web sync them to all your applications it get, definitely takes care of all your needs for d- digital comics so go to graphically.com enjoy it help us out in the process and uh, and give us feedback tell us what you think of all the apps tell, you know write on Twitter or at graphically and follow them to keep track of what's going on but uh, definitely very cool so Awesome. Uh, the Viltrumite the, uh, War is all over in Invincible number 78 and uh, they're back to earth they made a sort of Faustian deal uh, and now Mark has to fly around and sort of put his life back together. And it's one of those calm after the storm ones, but like 
he's dealing with all the 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 crap that he's he's kicked up during the whole thing. Now he was gone and for I, he was gone for eleven months. Yeah. And so did she get fat? Well, she was pregnant before that. So is that it? Or Adam Eve? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, Adam Eve. Yeah. I'm not sure. And I have to believe that it was vaguely done on purpose. Right. Like, there's, I'm, I'm specifically talking about the, the when he goes to visit her and you just see, like, her, her hair and her elbow. And then you turn the page and she's sitting in that chair. And I was like, oh, she got fat. But Yeah, but she doesn't look <laughs> pregnant. But she doesn't you know, look pregnant. Yeah, that's here's like, what I think. Uh, she can manipulate her herself. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe she couldn't get rid of the mask, but she changed it so she didn't look pregnant. Maybe, yeah. Like, and then, then if you go further in the page when they're laying down on the bed, like she looks pretty chunky. But then, but then they're all like when they're hugging on the next page, she looked normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, th- I mean, like I look at it like this, this, the soap opera sort of aspect of it, and I, yeah. I don't know what's going to. Well, happen there's some next. sort of secret because you know he, he, she's talking to his roommate, and he's like, "Did you tell him?" And she's like, "I don't know how." So we don't know. Gotta what, be pregnant. It's yeah. Gotta be. Or had the but baby. Again, it was eleven maybes. You know, maybe she had, eleven months. She would have yeah. had it unless it's not his baby. Exactly. Oh, it's his, I th- oh, I don't even know. That's the thing. I don't know, and I'm fine with it. But it was like one of those things. Like everything's all right now, but it's really not. It's got to be not his baby. It's got to be Norman Osborn's baby. <laughs> oh no! Speaking of Ultimate Spider-Man <laughs> 156, I love Chris Somney. I love David LaFuente. I love Sarah Pacelli. I love Stuart Eminem. But this, it just felt right to have Bagley drawing. Didn't it? Yes. I wasn't really looking forward to it, and yeah. I'm like halfway through it, and I didn't. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was like, "Oh right, this is Bagley again." No wonder it all feels so right. It did feel right, but I was just, I kind of, I kind of, I got that step backward feeling. I, I, and that's only because I, I was so pro La Fuente and so pro. Like I love, I love this oh. the last two years of the art on this book. So I'm kind of like, oh, I don't want to go back to this, but yeah, but that's not discounting how good it was. Like it was really good. It was probably compared to the stuff that Bagley did at DC. This blew that out of the water. Oh yeah, oh, yeah totally. This is where this is where he needs to be. And no, and you're, you're not wrong. I mean, like personally, like I like La Fuente a lot, but I was, I you know. Uh, Pacelli blew me away. I was like, this this girl's amazing, uh, you know. And of course, there was a Somni issue last time. It's really cool with this book, though, that they've actually hopped around to a bunch of different artists, and I don't feel like it's disjointed at all. You know what I mean? No, like it's, it's, all- it's it's a very it's a very much a world, and it feels like it. Yeah, to the point where I mean, this this pretty much heavily crosses over with the ultimate. Uh, Avengers or whatever. Yeah, like what's about. going on at the end of the book with the uh, with the um, on the on the bridge is happening and the uh, death of Spider Man Ultimate Avengers versus Avengers story or whatever is going right. on there. Yeah, so I like the I like the dilemma he's, he's set up where Norman Osborn's back. He breaks out the Sinister Six who were on the cover of the last issue, yep. and you would think, okay, the Avengers are going to stop him. No, because the Avengers have to deal with other problems. That leaves no one to save Spider Man. Yeah, so he's going to have to deal with all these Sinister Six trying to kill him on his own. And the book, the story is called "Death of Spider-Man." Right. I, I totally, I totally did that. By the way, when they broke out of the uh, of the Triskelion and the the, the one two page spread, I counted. I'm like one, two, three, four. I'm I like, did six. Too. It's six. <laughs> yeah, I did too. But I they counted. never referred to it as the Sinister Sticks. But I knew. Yeah. Also, no, I, was sure. also I had to go back and count. One thing I just noticed at the at the very last page, bottom right uh, panel, that's a very La Fuente head. Yeah, it's very round. Yeah, like uh, it's nice to see. Like it's nice to see the Bagley. You know whether he's doing it subconsciously or not, but you know keeping the visual language that's been going. You know, Bagley up his game. I think his art yeah. was much stronger. And I've always been a Bagley fan, but you can there's a level he's above. Yes, uh, inked by Lanning too. Nice. And Lanning's a fantastic inker. He's a great inker. Yeah, he's really uh, good. Yeah, no, it, you know it's it's just a, another really fun issue. And and as we know, Peter's life has to fall apart. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll deal we, with that we one. We'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. 
So. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. Uh-oh. Oh, Talking, and speaking of getting back on track, Captain America 615.1. Uh, we knew it had to happen eventually, but now we've got the groundwork laid for Steve to return to. Yeah, this, this if we ever doubted the fact that Steve Rogers is going to go back to Captain America, it's, it, this issue is the, officially the first. This is, starts the ball rolling. Um, Miss you, Captain Steve, already. Yeah. Um, again, why isn't Mitch Breitweiser the main artist on the book? So I, I loved I loved every page of this. It was great. His style works. It's very much in the Epting style, yeah. which is what I think. That I mean, really, Steve Epting has defined the sort of look and feel of the book for so however long. many years, yeah. and this is very much in that style. So the return to it really worked. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, in this issue, we we you know, uh, Winter Soldier or Bucky is off in Russia. We don't know because that hasn't happened yet. Dealing with his criminal charges, so. The aim is up to no good, so Steve has to take care of them because there's another cap on the scene who wants to fill the, the void. Some that was, that was to... subvertly trained by Nick Fury. <laughs> yes. Um, so Steve shows up, saves his ass, and, and starts to realize maybe he needs to be capped again. And at the end, we realize Nick Fury set the whole thing up to get Steve back in the suit because he doesn't want to just tell him. He's got to make Steve realize he needs to get there. So yep. it was uh, – you know, no one, no one could doubt this is where it was heading, especially with the movie coming out. So it's nice to see it's finally going to get there. Because I miss Steve and I miss Winter Soldier. Yeah, but again, once again, 615.1, I'm not reading Captain America. Let me pick it up and know what's going on. 616 yeah. is going to be Winter Soldier in Russia, and it's going to be what the fuck. Like, I don't, the, the point ones, I mean, they're, they're great little one shots, but by no, I don't, I don't believe that they're, this is the jumping on point that they promised. They should have so. just made them extra issues in the month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Now, in Batman, Streets of Gotham 21, I believe this is the final <laughs> issue of the series. They should really publicize that at the end. Be like, "Hey, thanks for reading," or something like that. Because you really, I mean, it says the end, but they always say the end. They, so they want to. They want to be able to put. They want to be able to put out twenty two someday. Should market forces drastically change? Sure. <laughs> so in this issue, Paul Dini wraps it up. He wraps with the Hush storyline, which really this book has been called. It should have been called Hush for about two years. <laughs> he loved Hush. Um, so he, <laughs> he, he did. Like the Hush was the villain in the in yes. his detective run too. Yeah. yeah. You said it like Ron Burgundy. You were like, he loved Hush. He, he loves it. <laughs> so the, the main the main point to take away from this issue is that he solves the problem, which is Hush has Bruce Wayne's face. So in this issue, the villain Jane Doe, who is a woman without a face who cuts people's faces off and wears them as a mask, she cut off his face and wore it as a mask. So now Hush has no face, and uh, he he's back to wearing the bandages. Underneath the bandages, he's got no skin. So that that's that'll, the main thing. That, that's the main thing. We've, we've we've solved that problem, and now we're the slate is clean. There are no two Bruce Waynes running around. And I think when when Dini was writing this title, it was a great title. It's just he didn't always write it, which was the problem. Right. But a lot of fun. So there are no two. There's, uh, there are no two. Uh, no more two Bruce Wayne's. That's basically just it. two Batman. Thank God. We've solved one problem. I was worried about that. One step. One step at a time. So. And finally, the uh, update to the infestation report is Ghostbusters <laughs> Infestation Two came out, and and this is where the Transformers rolled in, right? No, God damn it, it Shit. wasn't. But the the vampire chick who's in all the issues was there, and. She stole a bit of Gozer's and, uh, essence, which is kind of cool, which means Gozer's essence is going to be involved in the fin- final part of the story, which is, which is kind of cool. Um, otherwise, I thought the uh, highlight was the zombie Stay Fluff Marshmallow Man. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I thought it was a little bit overly written, this issue. There's a lot of science I, in a I lot kind of, of balloons. I kind of lost interest. Yeah. Like halfway through it, I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, flip, flip. Art was fantastic. I was really yeah, was into good. the art. A lot of uh, balloons full of science jargon, which probably would have been funny spoken, but reading huh. was was very sort of tedious. Yeah, I just I just started to sort of coast at the end. I was like, skim, skim, nice art, skim, zombie. Yep, okay, Zombies and we're good. Yeah, the 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 vampire lady, she didn't mm-hmm. fit. 
I don't know. Like she didn't fit him in the characters for whatever reason. I don't know. I didn't buy it. Well, yeah, because it's a very it. much a humor, it's a very much a humorous book. So you drop in a vampire from, you know, from this other dimension. It's kind of off-putting. Although I, I like the fact that it's kind of jokey because that yeah. that fits in with the Ghostbusters are. But this this storyline, and I understand there's licensing concerns. But this storyline would have been so much better had they all been brought together somehow, and we would have had team ups. So this will be a disappointment. But I'm sticking with it to see what happens. Nobody from GI Joe would have been left over to do it. Just one person from each. You take one of the yeah. GI Joe, one of the Transformers, one you know Peter Venkman, and you get somebody. You get. Uh, you would have slept with the Baroness. Is that would how awesome would that have been? <laughs> that really would have been. Now that I've said it out loud, now it's okay. Now you have to think about how that didn't happen. And then <laughs> wow. you have then you have Captain Kirk and Peter Venkman teaming up. <laughs> That'd be great. Would have so. been the best thing ever. They could have teamed up on the uh, missed opportunity. Licensing be damned. I heard so, that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so those are the those are the books that came out this week. Uh, you can go to ifanboy.com slash comics, see the rest of them. Uh, some whole a whole other stack of books came out as well. And thankfully, you, the folks of the users of ifanboy.com, wrote some reviews, and we want to highlight some of them. The first one coming from Wally the Green Monster, who reviewed Uncanny X Force number six, gave the story a four out of five and the art a five out of five. At the time of this recording, nobody made it their pick of the week yet, but it doesn't take away from how good it was. Wally the Green Monster says, The art in this book continues to deliver. The pencils are great, but what I'm drawn to is the color. It's the most unusual color palette I've seen in a long time. Neon pastels that don't make logical sense but look so nice. As a professional graphic designer, I'm really appreciating and learning a few things from Matt Wilson's color theory that graced the pages each, each issue. The lettering is also really nice. It has an old-school hand-drawn vibe that does its job without drawing too much attention to itself. And I echo Matt Wilson is an up-and-coming colorist. I mean, we've been saying that for well, years now, I feel like, two, like a was, year or two now, but he's great. He- was he known before he did uh, Jamie's book? That I not really. Remember? I mean, yeah, he did. He did. Suburb- he stepped in on Suburban Glamour. I feel like that was like his his like one of his earliest works. I'm sure he worked huh. before that, but it's really been in the last like year and a half or so where he's been doing more stuff at Marvel and really coming really coming to his own. So. Well, this is what I, this is where I'm going to sound like 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 a lamo, but like I don't think I've ever seen a colorist sort of rise that quickly to do that many books like for a major. You know what I mean? Like he all of a sudden I see every time I'm reading a book lately. I'm like, oh, this is really good looking. Then I look, and, and a lot of times it's Matthew Wilson, yeah, which is yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. You remember how you used to look for Laura Martin's name yep. in a book yeah. in the early '90s? Now, early 2000s. Now you look for Matthew Wilson's name. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Him and Dave Stewart. And, and Dave Stewart, and, and 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 that's. I mean, they're they're some of the best guys working. But now, Josh, you didn't buy this. Um. Because you just no, read the first you, three, and you said you loved it. You couldn't talk about stop talking about how much you loved it in the first the first three. Yeah. I did. No, I really did love the first three, but I'm I'm really upset that that Jerome uh, Penny isn't on them. And uh, uh, well, well, the thing is, the thing is, is that if you I- Isad Ribic is a percentage away, like a decimal percentage uh-huh. away. Yeah, so, no, he's he's fine. Uh, you know what? It's it's, really, it's it's wait for a couple issues when when uh, Mark Brooks come on board when it's going to be a real stylistic shift. No, a like, tan. Yeah, or no, tan, yeah, Billy Tan comes on board. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, and I, you know what? I really, I wish that I could just get a three issue one for five bucks every once in a while. Yeah. Like I thought that read really well. I was like, this is cool. I wish I could get regular books like this. There's one great moment, um, which there's a couple of great moments in this issue. But uh, Isad Ribic really nailed it when um, Phantom X and Deathlock are on the run, and the Eva lands, and Phantom X thinks it's the rest of X Force, but it's all Deathlock X Force. And and Connor, did you get this issue? Or? Yep, I did. Yep. In the lower left-hand corner, they're being chased and they're running, and Phantom X eyes is, eyes are bulging. 
because because he's so he's like these aren't my friends and his eyes are completely bulging. He's just shooting behind him like oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. it had that moment of chaos which was great. And then um, shooting blindly behind him. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then X Force finally shows up and Wolverine call, what Wolverine calls Phantom X Lapew or something yeah. like that, which is just great. Like it was, and really really yeah. He goes, what's the story Lapew? Um, <laughs> it's a it's a really fun book. It, it yeah. does lose us a little bit when Opinion's not drawing it, but other than that, it's, yeah. it makes up for it in the. But in the really, writing. really chilling. You know, they capture the Captain America Deathlock, and they find out what the hell's going on, and just like really, it's one of those things where it's like you 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 you're getting filled in as to exactly what's going on. It's really kind of fucked up, and then Captain America shoots himself in the head just to put him out, himself out of his misery. Like hardcore. Like Remender's getting hardcore with this book, and I love it. So, yeah. Yeah. oh, it's it's good. It's like really good. It's the same. It's the same sort of brain part that that fear agent came from. I feel yes, like. yeah, totally. So, and that's awesome. Yep, said awesome. Damn it, Optimus Pyro wrote, which is awesome to itself. <laughs> wrote into Transformers Heart of Darkness. He gave the story a two out of five, and the art a one out of five. Uh oh. Wow. At the time of recording, nobody made the pick of the week. Shockingly, and Optimus Pyro says the art in this issue is horrible. Designs and proportions are inconsistent from panel to panel. The story half-heartedly undoes previously established work from earlier IDW G1 stories. What happened, IDW? The strong creative direction that you had five years ago was amazing. Please find it in you to bring it back. Until then, I'm dropping Heart of Darkness. Five years ago? That long? Yeah. I, I think they've been doing yeah, it for a long time. Okay. Yeah. It, well, I thought this was interesting because this guy's this guy's clearly a Transformer super fan. Yep. Yeah. You know, or he hates into them it. because he's Optimus Pyro. Well, the, no, the first, the first, uh, <laughs> the, the first part of the review that isn't in here, he stated that he owned all Transformers comics, complete run from Marvel and everything. And that is a big deal to drop the book. Yeah. Well, and, but he had previously been into this, but had been losing, losing. That's interest what I mean. And if it's that bad, where he's dropping the book after owning every single Transformers mm-hmm. comic, then that's that pretty bad. Was, that's that rough. A big deal. Yeah. I just can't get into those robots. That is akin to 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 Uncanny getting relaunched at number one and Ron dropping it. Yep. Yeah. It's too bad that that's going to happen. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> stop. Oh, that's so it's good. It's going to be a bad day. Stop. If you, uh, if you read your books and you, you want to you wanna take part, we always like to see good reviews. So uh, you can go to ifm.com slash comics. You can pull your books. Uh, then you can go in and rate all of them. And then you can write reviews on the ones that you, uh, that you have strong feelings about. Or you can just be like, yeah, it's okay. Speaking of good reviews. Yeah. Oh, it's book of the month time. It was <laughs> a little bit late this month because of con season. I apologize. I know everyone was waiting with bated breath to find out what the March book of the month was, <laughs> and it was Orc Stain Volume One. Woo! By James Stoko. It's not a new book, but it's new to me. James Stoko does the writing, the art, the coloring, the lettering, the, bi- the binding, the delivering. It's a it's the, a re- it's a recent book. It's not like it's an old book. I mean, the trade no, came, no, only came, came out a couple out, weeks ago. I think yeah, it came out. Uh, early in the year or late in the last year. Early in the year, I think it was. Yeah. There's no, there's no ma- mandate when the book can come out to be book of the month. Watch exactly. The, the month next month if we want. So, so uh, says the rule bearer. So says I've got the rule book right here. You do. I know. We know you do. The union. Yeah. Rules. No, we don't. Yeah. We don't. We don't mess with the rules. <laughs> uh, so Orkstein, if you don't know, if you ever read the review, is a book by, as I said, one person, James Stoko. and it. I mean, everyone knows what orcs are now. I mean, it's a, it's a household word. Yeah. Even my my family knows what an orc is from the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. Man flesh. It's a. It's those were goblins, weren't they? Or no, the the, the oh, no, they were uh, Urukai. Didn't they the were, goblins they were, No, they, they, they were goblins. They were different than the than the, than the orcs. And then Urukai were specially bred orc. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think but they had a little goblin. No, the manflesh was one of the Urukai. It wasn't a goblin. No, he, yeah, it was right. when it was when they were. They, it was in it was in two towers. 
and they stopped. Oh, right. They stopped, right. and he snipped, and he goes, "Man flesh." Right, right, yeah. right. Man flesh. Iron flesh. Yeah. Uh, or in this case, grunge, which we're going to talk about in a second. <laughs> there's Grunch. so much un like not to get away from work saying, but there's so much um, unintentional comedy in those Lord of the Rings movies. The more you watch them, the more it's apparent. Exactly. Hey, go on. I'm sure that'll come out in a bit. Um, it's, and it's, this is going to be an interesting discussion because orc scene is very sort of chaotic and there isn't a lot of story. Josh, did you get to read this? Because I let you my trade. I, I did. I'm staring at it. I'm looking at it. I have it right here. And I've, I've, it's one of those I've been meaning to read it for a long time. But uh, okay, Well, the, the story isn't very in-depth. Basically, yeah, I, I don't feel like you're going to ruin it for me. No, it's a society, <laughs> society of orcs. The, the orcs are very warlike. So no one stays in power for very long. They're constantly just constantly coos. You know, regimes fall as a new regime comes up, and that regime falls. So basically, they're constantly at war with each other. But one orc has managed to unite one faction, and he's moving against the other orcs. He's basically moving up the map. If this was Risk or something, he's moving up. Yep. And uh, and but there's a prophecy from one of his seers that says the orc with one eye will be his downfall. And then we meet the orc with one eye, who's a thief in the north part. I think I, Josh has my book, so I'm doing this from memory. He, he's in the north part, I think, or he's in the south part. It's a di- one of the two, and uh, it's basically meeting the characters, and then putting them on their journey. This seems like it's going to be a long story. <laughs> so um, we, haven't, we don't have a lot of conflict in this book. We have is a lot of introduction to who these people are in the world, which is teeming with imagination. Yep. I think that's the most important or impressive thing about the book and why it was my book of the month was there's so much interesting and innovative or interesting ideas happening in this book, so just from the way they communicate the orcs with each other through uh, the crazily detailed Jeff Darrow-esque drawings that are on every page from this one guy doing all this stuff. Stoko's insane. Like, he's insane. It's awesome. And the fact that they're all obsessed with gronches. <laughs> Ron, do you want to tell everyone what a gronch is? I don't, I don't, I don't even know if I can. It's a gork cock. <laughs> It is. There's a lot like, of cock in this book. Yeah, there's a lot. It's 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 currency almost. It's it's a, it's like a scalp in the old west. They collect gronches after war battles. They have them on their they have them on their their spears. I mean, it's basically you can't go more than a page and a half without someone mentioning gronch. A lot of cock. A lot of cock. The uh, it, it's a very gronch obsessed society. It, it became funnier and funnier as the book went on. I was like, they are just they love gronch. Now the, the, the now I'm reading this in issues. Did the trade yeah. have all the backup material? I don't believe it did. Oh shit! Okay, because there was some great backup material in the issues with like had a cut a gronch and like it was like a <laughs> was yeah it was like a cutaway did the diagram of it. Oh, and, oh. <laughs> it was <God>. great. <laughs> like uh, the 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 main character One Eye, he's a thief. He was he was off to steal uh, some stuff out of a bear safe, which is a giant bear with a safe in his stomach. I mean, <laughs> it's just crazy stuff that's not explained. You just have to accept that it's reality. Well, what what I like is that is that it, it go wrong. It, and the crime boss, instead of starting to kill him, threatens to cut off his gronch, and then there's a whole thing about cutting off gronches, and it's a whole it's a whole science to it. And what I like about this is that he took he took a couple of concepts, you know, orcs, goblins, sword and sorcery, fantasy kind of world, and that that we all now it's all in the zeitgeist. We all understand, we get it, and then took it and made it crazy. Yes, that's it, what was awesome. These aren't the orcs you, you you'll recognize from Lord of the Rings. They aren't huge hulking creatures. They're kind of they're kind of sinewy. They're kind of very skinny and small and scrappy. I mean, they're different kinds of orcs. They're different regions. But for the most part, the orcs are kind of they – they look more like the goblins did in the film than, than yeah. the orcs did. They're yeah. kind of small and, 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 and musty, very thin mus- muscles and not big Hulk-like creatures. But it's just – I couldn't – every page was like a – you just marvel over the art and you marvel over the ideas. And that and, – and when the fact that it's one guy doing the entire book from pencils to colors to inks to, to letters is – is just amazing. I don't know what the monthly schedule is like, but I don't think it matters yeah. uh, when, when you've got that much insane detail going on. But 
Uh, Orcs is one of those books you just sort of discover, and it's funny, it's exciting, it's innovative, it's unlike everything else out there. Um, plus, it's action-packed and violent, and there's lots of fighting and interesting battles going on. It's not just about Grunches. I mean, let's not think let's let's not think that we're all Grunch obsessed here. <laughs> a little um, bit, a um, little bit, but it's. It, it, everything about this book was lots of fun. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think it, it hits on a couple of different notes. It hits on the it hits on the fantasy aspect and the story aspect and the insanity. It hits on the comedy aspect, but then it also like it from an art standpoint. You no book on the market looks like this book. No, like Stoko is one no. of the most um, innovative original artists out there, and dude's awesome. I mean, the dude's so awesome he's not allowed in the country. So like, that's how <laughs> awesome he is. So like, put, think about that. So. Yeah. <laughs> What did, what did Richard Taylor have to do with this? <laughs> Surprisingly, nothing. So I can't even take part in this. Yeah, Although it's just there's a couple of double page spreads that are just so incredibly. And if you look at this book next to a lot of modern day books where the artist is so busy he can't do backgrounds. Oh, this oh, it's kind amazing. of makes it look everyone else look lazy by comparison. And honestly, this book this book has come out regularly on time from issue standpoint. Like it, it's it hasn't been one Color. of those one of those like an issue comes out every couple of months. Like it's been very regular. And and this trade came out and it's a great way to pick it up. Um, I mean, it's one of I think it's one of the. I don't want to say underrated because I definitely think it's highly rated, but it's definitely under the radar books. It. Books that read it, it's highly rated, yeah. Yeah, there's one of the under the radar books at Image Comics right now, and if you're looking for something different, Orcsane is totally something to that'll just blow if your mind. If you're a Lord of the Rings fan, if you enjoy that thing, kind of thing, even if you're not a big fan of it, but enjoy that kind of that kind of aesthetic. Yeah, that's a bit. It's a bit goofy. It's not a goofy book, but it's a bit goofier than Lord of the Rings. Yeah, uh, certainly a comedy element to it. There's also, I mean, they're introducing a bit of a romance, maybe. Um, and there's a, it's, it's, it's actually a lot of political intrigue with the, with the fact that this guy's the leader, but he's he knows he might get overthrown. So there's there's his whole staff, and uh, he knows he's got this enemy out there, but he doesn't know who it is. It's just a very there's a lot of balls in the air, and it all works. Yep, so, a lot of grunge in the air, also from what I a lot understand. of grunge in the air. And yeah. There's a lot of grunge on the page as well. I was so happy you picked this; it was awesome. Like we had to do a little argument when you were you were. I saw the books you were trying to choose from. I'm like, oh, I'm like, give it a shot. <laughs> Uh, I was very happy when I picked it up. I'm um, glad you did. I'm glad you Mark did. Stain, uh, Volume One. It's out there. You can get it right now. Yep. Well, various outlets. Go um, go read read your review on iFanboy.com. Very well written. Very um, thoughtful. Thought provoking. You can check out the art samples I've got up there. It's Stoko. We, we've also shown Stoko at least once. He did that Galactus, that insane sketch Galactus sketch. Galactus. Yeah, yeah. He is crazy. He's crazy. He's awesome. So. But crazy in a good genius art way. Yep, totally. Not yeah. in like a serial killer. <laughs> so book of the month so stay tuned for april for the next book of the month which is in not far off in six and seven days it's not it's not my turn right no it's my turn i'm up so so cool all right on to the emails um our first email comes from greg from texas who says i'm in the middle of the first cerebus trade and i'm really enjoying it the problem is that i'm torn between getting the next three volumes of cerebus or getting the walt simons and thor on the bus Okay. I'm doing my student teaching this semester and un- and and, uh, and I'm unable to work, which is why I have this dilemma. Getting them off Amazon, the difference in price is only a couple of bucks. The only Thor book I've ever read is the first Thor in the Mighty Avenger trade, so I don't know, don't know much about either the character or Watt Simonson. Which one am I better off getting? I know you I think I you're I know what you're going to say. Yeah. But it's a it, it's really 
It's a more complicated question than that. No, I don't think so. I don't think, like, I don't I don't like so. recommending a book to someone who doesn't know anything about it. Exactly. That's the thing. Like, it's, it's, if it was like, listen, I've got the first Arabist trade. I really liked it. I'm a huge Simonson fan. I'm a big Thor fan. Should I get the omnibus or not? All you've read is Thor the Mighty Avenger. You, I'm not going to say you're not going to like the it's Walt Simonson Thor. Thor. It's different. different. Simonson is a master. That's one of his best works. It's fantastic. I would encourage anybody to buy that omnibus. But you've already enjoyed the first Arabist trade. Get the next three and keep on enjoying it. That's and it goes on, like it's it's one of those gifts that keeps giving for a long yep, time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so. And it's gonna get, if you like. What's interesting is from what I I know is that the first Cerebus trade is not even like the right term because it's like a phone. They call it the phone, phone book. book. Phone books, yeah. Uh, it's a certain. It's the first twenty five issues, and it's got a certain tone, and and it's it's very funny and silly. It's probably actually relatively similar to Orkstein a little bit. Yeah, it's a little wacky. It's a little irreverent. But then after that, like the real ongoing plot lines in the biggest sense start up yeah and so that's you know the problem that you're going to have there is that you're not going to want to stop after four well, yeah exactly and there's so many more to go from there but at the same time yeah Simon's who can argue is great yeah. you can't argue, can argue? Thor. can't yeah the problem is if you go from thor to the night of the avenger to simonson's thor the danger is you're going to look at it and say thor is thor and this is not thor yeah <laughs> <laughs> I know what you were doing there. <laughs> it's vastly different from Thor the Mighty Avenger. That's all I'm saying. It's a big sword and sorcery, whereas Thor the Mighty Avenger was kind of small and intimate and character driven. This is a big action y yeah. fantasy Thor. Cosmic kind of, yeah. With it's, fantastic it's, art. Yeah. Unbelievable art. But yeah. I know that Cerebus likes meat. <laughs> and that meat is meat. And that this is not meat. This, this is not meat. That's all oh, I know. One of the best panels ever. We, we used that best three panels, didn't we? we I'm did. sure we have. Great moments, so I did that already. <laughs> that was, was for like, you guys. That was for no one else but you two. Yeah. That was like number right. two. Let's move on. Vicious Smith writes it and says, I recently picked up the Ex Machina, and the scenes of Mayor 100, the Ex Machina, like I'm in a grandfather. I know. That's like an indie, recently, it's like the indie, the Ex Machina. It's like, <laughs> it's like an indie band. The internet. <laughs> I really I enjoyed the Ex Machina last night. Really that's a, that's a great band name. <laughs> it is, actually. <laughs> I really picked. I recently picked up Ex Machina again, and the scenes of Mayor Hundred recalling his rescue efforts during 9/11 still hit me emotionally, even though it's quote just a comic book, even though it's historical fiction. This year will mark the 10 years since the Twin Towers fell. Do you think a comic book involving such touchy subject matter could make it to pilot even a decade in? I didn't know it was 10 years. Now I'm all bummed out. It means a TV show. <laughs> yeah, I guess it means a TV show. They would have. Uh, yeah, they, they. Yes, it could make the pilot because a, a couple of years ago. There was a pilot about a couple who fell in love after their spouses died in 9-11. I mean, if that can make it... Yeah, anything can. This can make it the pilot. It's certainly a touchy subject, but anything is possible. There have been a lot of allusions to 9-11, a lot of things in movies and TV shows. Fringe would be a notable one right now. I mean, there's a lot of... There's a movie about the World Trade Center falling, Oliver Stone made. So, I mean, this is... Yeah, there were there several movies about I mean, the, the Paul Greengrass one, and, and it had to. It was referred to during Flash Forward, that, that, that train wreck of Flash Forward. It's certainly uh, not. I was loaded. Sorry, that was a bad show. That was a bad show. It's, a, it's but anyway, yeah. it's not. A, it's, it's certainly touchy. It's certainly, I know Vicious lives in New York. It's certainly, for those of us who do, it's certainly it's still touchy, especially in this year. But it's certainly not off limits to anyone making anything. It certainly has been used for years. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. And nothing's off limits actually. But is there talk of an X Machina on TV? I not that know. I know of. What is Brian K. Vaughn doing? Pilots Pick, picking up his mail. Yeah, he's living off that living off that development money. 
Yeah, living living off those those Why the Last Man hardcover sales. He's working. Yeah, that'll probably do it. Yeah, he's working on some movie that we don't know about. Yeah. Some kind of movie we don't know about. Oh, this is gonna be awesome. Remember when he was in Wired and he was oh man yeah. Anyway, so it's, it's one of those sad things because he is he is the best uh, of sort of the modern comic book writers. I think I don't know about that. I mean, he he was he he was at a point potentially to be one of the best, but now he's 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 years out of practice now. Yeah, but. Uh, he was, I mean, like the guy, the guy did an issue. He did single issue as a form like nobody else. Yep. Yeah. And, and he didn't put out a ton of work, which I think was to his benefit. He's, he's like Joe DiMaggio. I don't know what that means, but, uh, he really, con- he really concentrates when he dips his donut in the He coffee. does, yeah. Oh, <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you watch, you watch Brad K. Vaughn drink a cup of coffee and a donut. He is that's the second. Like that's the second Dinky Donuts reference we made in like a week. I forgot what it was in Chicago, but we did that with somebody. It was great. Oh, it was at the pizza place. Oh, that was funny. Anyway, okay. So if you have any questions, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Uh, speaking of Chicago, we were in Chicago last week for C2E2. We had a great time. And next week, Connor and I are going to be doing WonderCon because we just can't stop going to cons. Because we love it. We so love it much. so much. So uh, go to ifanboy.com where you can see all the information about what's going to be going on at WonderCon. There's going to be some awesome, awesome events and things like that that you can participate in. Um, and in fact... Uh, there's a super rad event going on Friday night where we're going to be doing the uh, zombie, the Walking Dead zombie bar crawl with our friend Robert Kirkman. Um, so we want to make sure it's very exciting. So we want to make sure that everybody uh, in San Francisco that's going to be in town for WonderCon is going to be available to take part in that. And also, if you've got a couple of bucks to spend and you want to make it even a special night, uh, you can pay fifty dollars, or you can buy a ticket to ride the the magical magic bus. All around San Francisco with us, with James Syme from Isotope, and Robert Kirkman and the Image Comics crew um, as we go from bar to bar on the bar crawl. Um, yeah, so the rest of the people will be walking, and walking is fine, but if you want to make it extra special and you yeah. have some extra cash, you can ride the bus with us from bar to bar. Exactly. As opposed so, to walking or taking a cab. So tickets will be $50, which uh, with the price of t- cabs in San Francisco, it's gonna you end up actually saving money, to be That's honest. That's like three bars. Yeah. And um, and now you have to get to hang out with Robert Kirkman. There's a very limited number of tickets available. So here's the deal. On Wednesday, we're going to be posting the link to buy tickets. They go on sale 3 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, noon Pacific time. Literally, I'm telling you, there's very small number of tickets, like like less than 30. So if you're interested in doing this, if you're going to WonderCon, look to ifanboy.com. You know, about a you know quarter to three, yeah, quarter to three Eastern time. Wait for that link. Good luck buying a ticket. If you can't get a ticket, don't worry. We're going to post the route, and we're gonna, there's going to be a cool map that you can get off iFanboy.com, or you can get at the Image Comics booth on Friday. Um, and also, Image is going to be giving away two seats on the bus. So if you're at the con on Friday, you go put your name in for that raffle, and maybe you can, buy, you can win tickets that way. So it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we hope you can all join us. Our big, uh, our annual uh, bar crawl. Uh, this is one that's going to be one to remember, and then um, and then there's going to be fun stuff going on in the city in San Francisco on Saturday night, including a party at Isotope, um, which I which you're going to want to go to. I don't know if he's, we're announcing it or not, but yeah, you'll you'll stay tuned for that one. So, so. stay tuned for <laughs> the next show, which is after WonderCon. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's <laughs> stay tuned to iFanboy.com. Yeah, just... iFanboy.com will be your place to get all the information, so it'll be awesome. Um, I feel like I can keep up with WonderCon. WonderCon is just is amazing. It's a it's a wonder. Ooh. Yeah, it's. 
So, yes, so so go to ifanboy.com. Stay tuned for that. Also, go to ifanboy.com where you can listen to our other podcast called iFanboy Don't Miss. It's a podcast where we talk to a creator about a book that's coming out uh, this this upcoming Wednesday that you definitely don't want to miss. Uh, this week, we've got Phil Hester on the show talking about the new Godzilla King of Monsters book that's coming out that him and Eric Powell are doing. Um, so that's going to be a cool one to check out. That so, looks fun. Yeah, so uh, go to ifanboy.com to listen to that or subscribe to it on iTunes. There's still some of you who haven't subscribed to that, but that show. It's only 15 minutes. It's the perfect podcast. Just go get it. So. <laughs> Check out ifanboy.com and you can find that 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 you were just talking about. Uh the Don't Miss Podcast and all the other podcasts. You can find my written pick of the week review, you can find Connor's uh written book of the month review and all the discussion that goes after every one of those things is put on there. Everything is up for debate and up for grabs on iFanboy. Um and there's new stuff going up all the time. We're really working very hard to make sure that there's a, a wide variety of stuff that's interesting and things you like. Um and like we said, there's other podcasts. There's our our video show, and uh, you can watch. It's it's just cons now. That's all, <laughs> That's all it, it is. is. <laughs> all cons all uh, the time. We just saw Emerald City Part 2. Uh, we should be seeing C2E2 Part 1 the next week. Um, in the meantime, you know, uh, Suntress, uh, John Suntress of Word Balloon has interviews up from C2E2 up already. Uh, this, this, that that con was very well covered. It really, it wasn't, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong at all. So uh, plenty of, of stuff there. <laughs> And email us at contactifanboy.com. You can get your email right in the show or maybe in the video show or just amongst ourselves and we will giggle. Also, leave us a voicemail, 888-FANBOYS-3262697. We didn't get to voicemails this episode because we had the book of the month and was full. But next week, whoever is doing the show with Josh will be doing the voicemails. Yes, because we sure won't be. So um, <laughs> you just you just made the call. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was pretty well established. We're going to be in the zombie bar crawl. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're going to be busy. True. So, oh, man, uh, what are you guys doing? <laughs> doing so, the show, Robert. <laughs> shh, give me the shh. give me the microphone. So um, if you like what you listen to, and I don't know why you do, go to uh, iTunes and write a review. Join the hundreds of fans who have written positive reviews of the iFanboy podcast. Write a review for Don't Miss. Write a review for our video show. Write a review for Tom Verse, the uh, Aquaman. Write a review for 11 O'Clock Comics. Write a review for Word Balloon. Write reviews on iTunes. It's a fun way to get the word out about the podcast. Tell your friends. Tell your comic book store. Tell anyone who's into comics. Or even people who aren't into comics. There's tons of people who listen to the show who have no interest in comics but find us amusing. For you know, whatever reason. For whatever I'm reason. I'm going to tell the bus driver. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to love me. So help, help us spread Get the iFanboy word. Get behind the yellow line. Sorry, sir. <laughs> help us spread the iFanboy word. Uh, it's definitely, uh, we need your help in doing that. The Legion, the, the loyal iFanbase Legion, we thank you for that. So, um, well, I'm still a little wonky after Chicago, and I need to rest up before San Francisco because clearly it's going to be a exhausting one. So, and then, and then April 4th, I will die. So. <laughs> Three cons, five weeks. We I've already decided that's, I'm going to take the next the week after Wonder, uh, WonderCon and sleep. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm turning off my alarm. Yep. Josh can run the website. Yep. Sleep. So. Um. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So hopefully we'll see you all in San Francisco WonderCon. If you're at the show, come by, say hello. Um, and hopefully we'll see you on the bar crawl and the zo- walking dead. Also, dress up like zombies. We're encouraging people to zombify for it. It's going to be awesome when we roll into a bar with hundreds of zombies. So. <laughs> Somebody will pull a gun. Oh my god, it's finally happened! Ah, you know, exactly. and, and no one will know who's been hit. Yeah, exactly. and, and Ron and I will just look like our normal selves because we'll be really tired. Yep, exactly. So, okay. So until next time, I'm Ron. And what I'm saying is, Baroness would be into a Dr. Peter Venkman, Captain James T. Kirk three-way. That's crazy. She would. I think Kirk would. I think I. Could, I don't know. I think Kirk would be all threatened by Peter Venkman's machismo, <laughs> and then he would he would challenge him to a duel. The Chicago Charm? A shirtless duel.
That's all I was going for. Yep. No. I'm Connor. <laughs> I'm, I'm Josh. Sorry. <laughs> Were we doing that? Are we finishing it? We're done. <laughs> right, bye bye. <laughs> I love you. You could just